the topic for today, the talk for today is titled Rhythms of Refuge. Um, I know that the reason we are having to do this online um, is, is because we're already taking refuge from the comfort of our homes for the past few weeks and we're probably tired of it. The passage we're going to be looking at this, this morning is Psalms 59. Uh, it's from the Old Testament in the Bible and um, it's written by an amazing singer-songwriter uh, called David. Uh, if he was alive today and he went live on Instagram, uh, he, would have, he would have cracked all records by now. So uh, he was an amazing guy. Um, and the context in which we find this uh, chapter is, is quite interesting. Um, this was when, uh, at that point in time, King Saul was the king of Israel and David was with him. And uh, David was an amazing warrior. He went and fought amazing battles um, and, and he won all of them. And by that time, people were like, uh, Saul is great, but David is awesome. Uh, and, and this is me paraphrasing. And, and Saul was jealous. Um, so at one point in time, all he wanted to do was kill David. And uh, this is the first time Saul reveals his murderous intent to, to pin David dead. Uh, so... He sends his men uh, to, to watch out for David's homes, just stand guard around David's home and try and kill him. Uh, this, is, this is where David writes this psalm. And uh, probably he's forced uh, in, in a lockdown. Uh, if he comes out, he, he's going to be dead. Uh, relatable much during this time? Um, let's, let's dive straight in. To the passage. I'm reading from Psalm 59. I'll read a couple of verses. Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Be my fortress against those who are attacking me. See how they lie in wait for me. Fierce men conspire against me for no offense or sin of mine, Lord. You, Lord God Almighty, you who are the God of Israel, Rouse yourself to punish all nations. Show no mercy to wicked traitors. They return at evening, snarling like dogs and prowl about the city. You are my strength. I watch for you. You, God, are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. God will go before me and will let me gloat over those who slander me. But do not kill them, Lord, our shield, or my people will forget. In your might, uproot them and bring them down. Consume them in your wrath. Consume them till they are no more. Then it will be known to the ends of the earth that God rules over Jacob. But I will sing of your strength in the morning and I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Allow me to just pray before we start. Father, this morning, I believe uh, that you are speaking to each one of us um, across geographies, across the various places that we are in. You are meeting to us in our homes this morning. Uh, you are using this medium of technology to speak to us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us at our points of need. Uh, let, let our fears be rested even as we take refuge in Christ this morning. Uh, we, we wait on you. Speak to us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, the framework for the talk uh, is, is, 
is like this. The first, we'll be dealing with three points. The first is the rhythm of refuge. Uh, the second is the reality of our refuge. And the third is the reason for our refuge. The rhythm of refuge, the reality of our refuge, and the reason for our refuge. Let's, let's dive straight in. The rhythm of our refuge. What's the picture that comes to our mind when we think of someone taking refuge? What's the picture? Probably the picture is of someone probably hiding in a cave, uh, taking refuge from a storm or, or, uh, or a tornado. Um, and, and this image is more static. While that is true, it is not complete. The act of find, finding refuge in God is more dynamic. It involves a rhythm and, and a rhythm is dynamic. And we see that in this psalm. Um, the rhythm is seeing the problem and seeing God. Uh, let me break this psalm down for you. Verses 1 to 2, David is crying for help. 3 to 4, he's seeing the problem. 4 to 5, he's seeing God. 6 to 7, seeing the problem. 8 to 10, seeing God. 14, 15, seeing the problem. 16, 17, seeing God. Throughout the Psalms, we find this rhythm. David follows the rhythm of a candid description of his enemy. And in the very next moment, he turns to God and he starts praising him and worshiping him. All this in the midst of trouble. As humans in this current crisis, we are vulnerable to just focus on the problem. And especially as Christians, we know at the back of our mind that God is our, God is sovereign. He's, he's our refuge. He's our strength and all of that. But how actively have we been actually running to and resting in this refuge? In theory, we believe that God is our refuge. But in practice, we are already taking refuge in 100 different things. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. All these are great things. A, a quick look at social media, you'll know what these things are. Uh, how many of us have done a workout challenge in this, in this lockdown period? Um, how many of us have, uh, have given into the Dalgona coffee uh, challenge? I mean, I haven't given into that yet. Uh, coffee and sugar are not two things which combine in my, in my life. So uh, people are running out of Netflix, Prime Video, Hotstar. Uh, and, and the house party app is no more secure. So there's no, there's no point in taking refuge in the house party app. The cooking challenges. I mean, I personally, for the first time in my entire life, I've started cooking and baking. Uh, I've even reorganized my house. Uh, it looks like if the lockdown continues, I might even start my own cooking show on Instagram. So you guys feel free to log in. Um, all these are great things and they're helping people uh, really stay physically, emotionally and mentally healthy. These, we should celebrate these things, but maybe, just maybe, we are practically finding refuge in these things instead of God. How do we know that's true? If these things are giving us more joy and hope in this season than Jesus himself, then we've probably tested positive for this refuge test. I know I have. I know I have. And, and, as we probably know already by experience, this joy and this, this hope and this peace that we get from them is short-lived. They are merely distracting us from the problem 
just like a candy or toy would distract a kid getting an injection from a doctor. On the other hand, some of us, some of us might be at the risk of just over-spiritualizing this thing um, and ignoring the problem at hand. We might tend to believe that as Christians, we are, we are immune to coronavirus. Bible history and human history don't testify to that. Some of us are probably uh, slightly better off than that, but are still burying ourselves in legalistic and ritualistic prayers and, and songs just to, just to distract ourselves from the problem. And, 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 uh, and, and the, at the heart of it, what we feel is we are too scared that this problem is even too big for God. So we are scared to look at the problem in the eye. Here's my submission to both the groups. We will rely on God as our refuge only to the extent to which we realize the depth of the problem. We will rely on God as our refuge only to the extent to which we realize the depth of the problem. Taking an example from the present times, imagine we didn't have the signs uh, to sort of explain this coronavirus and, and, and uh, even detect it. Uh, or imagine we didn't have the technology or media to show the, the uh, drastic effects it's having world over in various countries. Would we, have, would we have remained the same? We would have gone about doing our normal chores and eventually face the consequences of it. Since we have the awareness of how bad this COVID-19 can get, billions of people are in their home taking refuge from this deadly virus. We will only rely on God as our refuge to the extent to which we realize the depth of the problem. If we are living in oblivion of our fears and worries in this season, how can we specifically, practically find refuge in God for the same worries and fears? You know what, it's also helpful to see this as a rhythm because I'm pretty sure you relate with me here. How many of us have, have uh, probably gone in the night uh, feeling hopeful, we slept, but woke up in the morning with fears. Then again in the afternoon, we found that hope, we're like, things will get better. But again in the evening, we are wrestling with fears. We are constantly oscillating between fear and hope. It is good to see this as a rhythm because if we are constantly oscillating between our fear and God, we need not be disappointed that we are failing as Christians. This is a very healthy rhythm. Why is this rhythm healthy? Firstly, if we do not see the problem, we will not see how Jesus is using this problem to make us more into his likeness. Because he allowed it. And um, the trials we face are some of the best discipleship tools that God uses to turn us more into his likeness. In fact, James, a follower of Jesus, uh, he writes this, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lack anything. It is very important for us to acknowledge them and deal with them, having Jesus as our refuge. 
on the other hand if we do not see god and leave him completely out of the picture we'll be trying to solve these problems in our own strength make ourselves god and eventually lose hope when we eventually fail we must grow in this rhythm so what has our rhythm been those of us who are inclined to sort of just dwelling on the problem and ignoring god how can we find ways to see god in this season if you're part of new city church why don't you consider joining us for these daily calls of just reading the word and meditating together and praying as one body together we're doing this every day because this rhythm needs to be in place every day why don't you join us for the once a week hope calls designed specifically to help all of us find our refuge in god in this season if you're not from new city church why don't you plug in to a church and if you're looking for a church feel free to plug in to us if you're from mumbai on the other hand if we are inclined towards ignoring the trouble altogether and living in oblivion of it how can we find ways to deepen our faith in god move from shallow waters into deep waters and ask god how are you using this trouble to make me more into your likeness how are you transforming me the fact that we are not able to enjoy this rhythm reveals to us that christ is really not our refuge how can we know this for sure let us spend some time looking into our hearts for to see the reality of our refuge on the first reading of the psalm i was like whoa what is this prayer so sadistic so raw he compares his enemies to snarling dogs uh, who are hungry and and in that's in verse 6 and 15 he does that twice and in verse 11 he says don't kill them but uproot them so that all can see and immediately he says consume them till they are no more consume them in your wrath what is david doing here david is merely processing his feelings from the bottom of his heart he's engaging his deepest emotions and and he's merely saying anything and everything that his heart is feeling to god he's actually thinking and feeling out loud when was the last time our prayer was this raw and real this is a pointer that our heart is really not finding its refuge in jesus how we deal with our emotions reveal a great deal about where we are finding our refuge how we deal with our emotions reveal a great deal about where we are finding our refuge i speak for myself here and probably for a few men uh, in general we tend to struggle with dealing with our emotions we bottle them up don't display them cause somewhere deep down we built our own fortresses uh we 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 stuff those emotions in those fortresses and and think that we are safe this is where i find my refuge and i i am strong i'm a strong man and our culture celebrates that it says be a man it even it even encourages women to do that and it says be strong and this is how i've always lived but after marriage things started actually slowly changing for the better uh, now don't hear me wrong i'm super far from any kind of 
uh, growing in emotional uh, intelligence. Uh, but but there were times, couple of times when uh, my wife Taru would keep uh, insisting and and pursuing me to talk about few touchy things about my past. And uh, whenever she did that, like a dam that broke open, my tears would not stop coming out of my eyes and I would weep and weep and weep. That was me finding my refuge in my marriage, in my wife, because I could deal with my emotions and show her my emotions and be real. For those of us who are not married, uh, you, you must have seen that uh, in, in the counseling or the therapy sessions, the counselor or the therapist encourages us to talk about what we are feeling, what we are going through. Why is that? If we don't do that, we won't find our refuge in that person and actually open up and be ourselves. How we deal with our emotions tell us a lot about where we are finding refuge. We know that God is really our refuge when our prayers aren't mere whitewashed words, but are real and raw emotions. The Psalms is full of them. John Piper says this. He says, the more the people of God have suffered, the more they have been forced to live on the brink of eternity where things are real and all the sham and shallowness is blown away. The deeper and more beautiful has been the music and the hymnody of the church. Not just the Psalms. Some of the best hymns that we love and we sing were written by people going through intense suffering who were real with their emotions and found their refuge in God. One of my favorites, Abide With Me, written by Henry Francis Light. It came towards the end of his life when sickness was getting the better of him and his church wanted nothing to do with him. He writes this, he says, Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord with me abide. Then other helpers fail and comforts flee. Help of the helpless, oh abide with me. The song, It Is Well With My Soul, written by Horatio Spafford when he lost his four daughters in the ocean. While passing by the same ocean at the same place, he, he, the, when the captain shows that this is the place where you lost your daughters, he writes, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou had taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Last week, we did this powerful exercise as a church. As a part of our daily prayer, we took this emotions chart as a reference to see actually what we are feeling during this season. Uh, we prayed through our negative and positive emotions. And many of us who, who struggled to pray out in public over a call have actually found the courage to pray out loud. And, and many of us can testify to the fact that we actually experienced practically finding refuge in God. I know it's not easy, first of all, to even be aware of what we are feeling and, and leave alone that uh, we are probably even scared, we're probably even scared to even see and acknowledge what we are feeling in this season. That's why I want to close my sermon by looking at the last point, the reason 
for our refuge. And I'm hoping this point will really help us functionally find our refuge in Jesus through the rhythm that he has given us. I know that this season has forced us all to cry out for refuge. All our support systems have crumbled and, and we have nowhere to go. And for the first time, we're probably starting to put our full faith and actually totally depend on God. Allow me to ask us this question. Are we really deserving of this refuge? Are we really deserving of this refuge? I mean, if God is really just and righteous, is it just to be the refuge for people who are so self-consumed and on a normal day wouldn't even think of God or leave alone worship him 24-7? Will it be just in providing refuge for people like you and I? So what is the reason for this refuge? David is appealing to God on a personal level and he's saying, my God, my God. But he's also appealing to God as the God of Israel. He does that, he does that twice in verse 5 and verse 13. He says, you who are God of Israel. Verse 13, he says that the whole world knows that God rules over Israel. The reference to God as the God of Israel is a reference to the covenant that God made with his ancestors, Israel. The covenant of salvation through the offspring, through Israel, that is Jesus. And this is the reason for our refuge. Allow me to unpack that a little bit more. Jesus gave this psalm a meaning on a whole new level. When he came on this earth through the bloodline of David, Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life. And, and he had many people plotting for his death. And, and when, when uh, David says, see how they lie in wait for me, fierce men conspire against me for no offense or sin of mine, Lord. I have done no wrong, yet they are ready to attack me. David was not 100% true and right when he prayed this. We know that from his life because we have the bird's eye view. Only one man in the entire history could have prayed that prayer and meant it and, and it would stand true and right and it would be Jesus. Because he literally did not commit any sin. Not just by your standard or mine, it, even by God's, his father's perfect heavenly standard. This covenant that we have in Jesus made David gave him the confidence to actually call on the greatest weapon against injustice and sin. He, he says, for their sins, for the sins of their mouths, for the word of their lips, let them be caught in their pride. Hold on to that phrase. Let them be caught in their pride. And he says, for the curses and lies they utter, consume them in your wrath. David is calling upon the biggest weapon against the sinfulness of man, the wrath of God. And friends, this is the very wrath we deserve because I mean, let's, let's face it. In fact, what this COVID-19 did to us is it actually caught us in our pride. It actually caught us functionally believing that we are in ultimate control of our lives. It actually caught us believing that we are our own refuge. We have functionally rejected God as our refuge. 
We deserve this wrath, my friends. But God in his covenantal love, because he promised salvation through Jesus, Jesus was willing to save us from this very wrath of God. He took on our sin and our shame upon himself on that cross. And when he was hanging on that cross, he, uh, his, his perpetrators were around him mocking him. Jesus cried, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are saying. And he cried that while he was consuming the very wrath of God. Unlike David who cried, consume them, Lord, consume them. Jesus cried, forgive them for I will consume your wrath. This is where we find our refuge. This is the reason for our refuge. Christ is the reason for our refuge. In fact, he is our refuge. Our refuge is found in the forgiveness that Jesus bought with his own perfect life. And in, the mo in moments like this, when we know that we miserably failed in, in finding refuge in God, we can still approach God with, with shameless, bold audacity and save, save me uh, uh, and, and protect me. You are my refuge because of the access that Jesus earned for us with his perfect life and his perfect sacrifice on the cross. This is the reason for our refuge. He is our refuge. You see, even this is a rhythm. This is a rhythm. Unless we see our sinful pride in building our own fortresses in which we take refuge in, we will not run to Jesus who is our ultimate refuge. Unless we see our sinful pride in building our own fortresses in which we take refuge in, we will not run to Jesus, our ultimate refuge. And this is the reason why we have refuge, friends. When times get tough like this, we have refuge in a very practical sense because of what Jesus did for us. Allow me to pray for us even as I close. Jesus, where would we have been if not for you? I mean, if not for coronavirus, we, which we know that hopefully will end someday, something or the other will take our life and we will lose our life to it. But our life is eternally secure in you. And because it is eternally secure in you, Jesus, because of what you've done for you and me and what you've done for all of us, we have refuge even in the practical sense during times like this. Even though we failed in, in our normal course of life to take you and come to you as a refuge, we can come still shamelessly uh, and, and ask for refuge because you paid for our sins. You are the reason why we have refuge. So Lord, I pray, would you help us be real and face the problem? And would you help us be real when we come to you and seek you? Help us to enjoy this rhythm that you placed for us. Help us not to be too scared of the problem. Help us not to be too oblivious of the problem and, and distract ourselves and, and not think about it and thinking that you, you, you can't solve this. Help us to enjoy this rhythm of seeing the problem and seeking you as our refuge every day. We need you, Lord. We need you. You are our king. You are our risen king, our hope.
is in you. We worship you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.